Yeah, I don't want to give you too much work. <laughs> wow, he's being nice to you. Yeah, yeah nice unfortunately, it doesn't matter how, how good you do, sorry, if you have a full-time job editing Matt to sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Hello, 2M Nation, and welcome to another week, exciting week of 2M Football. This week, there's always, as always, myself and Mike. Hey. And guess what? Our second guest. Oh my gosh, you mean we got someone else to come on after the debacle that we put Nick through? Uh, well, see, he, he, he was our experiment and learning curve. Um, so somebody had to be a team sacrifice, and he was more than kind enough to be it. Um, but who's here? What's your name? We got Sorio with us. What up? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Matt, I don't like how you teed that up, though, because it sounds like we learned something from Nick's... Uh, episode which i wouldn't necessarily say we did but anyway sorry i agreed to do this there's no backing out now you're here on the call how are you doing i am good it's let me tell you it's a little earlier than i would normally do things important do important things (laughs) i usually get my momentum rolling on a day around noon and like the first four hours are a blur no matter what happens like i there can be meetings and there can be all that stuff but it's still a blur totally so I get momentum to do anything important around noon. So either this is the, the earliest I've ever been up for something important, or this is going to be a disaster. Perfect. You'll blend in just fine. Nice. Well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, so let's, as a quick intro, why don't you tell us what is your favorite NFL team and uh, how you became a fan? Okay. So I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan, which is a little bit strange because I grew up in the middle of nowhere in basically in Iowa. Um, but I wasn't really ever close to uh, any, any of the NFL teams. Chicago was the closest, like the Bears were the closest team, but they were more than three hours away growing up. Um, the reality is um, I liked the, the color scheme and I liked the logo as a kid. I liked the helmets. I loved the winged helmets. Uh-huh. And uh, Don McNabb was the, one of the first draft picks I ever saw. Oh, very nice. So there you go. Yeah. So you prefer the wing helmets of Philly over the horn helmets of the Vikings? I do like the horn helmets of the Vikings, though. I will say, and I and I think if as a sophisticated man, um, <laughs> I actually prefer the purple in sports teams because I think it's severely underrepresented in sports. I think purple is a great color, and it doesn't get used enough. So maybe if I was coming into fandom as an adult, I might. And that was like kind of the range of like like the range of teams I was picking from. The Vikings are a candidate, but then I see them play and they're not a candidate anymore. <laughs> well, the way the Eagles are playing, I don't know if. Uh, <laughs> well, see, I got my I got my Super Bowl, so I don't. Already shots fired. So here's the situation: I got the Super Bowl, finally. So everything else is kind of gravy. I'm not greedy. I'm just here now. I'm here for my fantasy teams to win. To be honest with you. See, that's how I I always like to think I would feel, but even after uh, witnessing a Super Bowl, every every loss, every year they don't win the Super Bowl hurts just as bad. I'm very petty, petty man. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that's that's Bryce great. Petty. I am joining, yeah, like Bryce Petty. Nice. 
That's a deep cut. I don't know. <laughs> Tom Petty. There you go. Why don't um, you think of Bryce Petty first? Can I ask that question? Because football. Yeah, I understand that, but nobody cares about Bryce Petty. You don't understand how badly Matt needs a quarterback in his fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We'll get to that, I'm sure. We Oh, we will absolutely get to that. Um, but first, <laughs> this is I was going to say this is primarily like an NFL recap show, but it's like 50-50. We complain about our fantasy teams about half the time and sprinkle that in throughout the show. Um, but yeah, here we are. We sit here recording on Tuesday morning, week nine of the 2020 NFL season is now in the books behind us. And I just want to say really quickly that I'm so glad we record on Tuesday and not, not like Monday after the noon games, because Monday morning through most of Monday, I'm still in full tilt raging over what has happened the previous day and way too emotional to record. So this is perfect. Now I've processed it. I'm, I'm over it for the most part. And <laughs> Uh, we can move on. What did you guys think about week nine overall before we get into the details? Yeah. Um, look, so, so uh, the thing that I noticed is last week it was kind of like a total crap shoot, right? Where um, like in my pick I went full chalk, like with spreads and stuff. I went basically mm-hmm. chalk and it was a disaster this week. I tried to get cute with picks and then it was still a disaster. So I feel <laughs> like this probably, um, the results wise, it probably the right teams mostly won, I would say, which is not something that we've been able to say every week. Um, yeah, right. And I think we got a pretty good picture of some teams that kind of solidified themselves. And then there's a couple matchups that we'll talk about later that are probably like some, um, they are who we, who we thought they were kind of thing. <laughs> and then some matchups like the Bucks. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened. Saints are scarier than we thought. I don't know about. Yeah, that. that was supposed to be like the game of the of the year so far, and yeah, oh boy, it was not. So yeah, cool. Let's get into Week Nine then. And one thing that I noticed is going through all the box scores and preparing the notes for this was that nine out of the fourteen games played this week were decided by just one score, seven points or less, or fewer, I should say. So a lot of close, a lot of nail biters this week. Yeah, so for Eliminator, <laughs> Matt, you had a very bold choice uh, of picking the Jets over the Patriots as your Eliminator pick, which looked uh, like you might be some kind of an evil genius for about three and a half quarters of that game. All Of all the weeks to pick them, this is like, I was. it was going to come down if I didn't pick them soon, it was going to have to be the last pick, and I didn't want to be in a tie with you where it made or break whether I won our yearly uh, Eliminator pick. And so I figured if there was one matchup to have an attempt at it, it was against the New England, but it didn't pan out. Can I ask you, you a question about that? Can I ask you a question? Uh, I may not have an intelligent okay. answer. There but... are 17 weeks and there are 32 teams. You don't have to pick the Jets. You don't have to. That's true. You've, you've referenced that yeah. logic multiple <laughs> times, and I haven't called you out on it but <laughs> i'm here i'm i'm here to give it like, I'm like there's 17 weeks of 32 teams you didn't have to i never even processed that <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm done please don't i mean this is this is good stuff but please don't make him quit the pod sorry i'm enjoying this um this so is well, the he comes out i told you this sir you too smart for us <laughs> Well, Matt rethinks his life over there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, I, I won picking the Texans over the Jaguars, which was another one of those close games. Jake Luton looked pretty good in his first start. Um, but yeah, with, with Matt's loss, we have both lost twice, so we're, we're tied again. <laughs> and as we uh, went over earlier, Surio punted on pick on yeah, so basically, yeah <laughs> i picked i bet on philip rivers in week one and i hated my and i hate myself so i just stopped picking i don't care <laughs> ironically against the jaguars they lost a game that's the only yep. game the jaguars have won yep, yep. <laughs> never bet on philip rivers he's not good anymore he's totally <laughs> washed yeah all right so uh matt if you're still with us let's briefly talk about our playoff sleeper picks i, I think we went I think we went 0 and 4 this week between our playoffs. This is the M&M show now. The M&M is gone. <laughs> Quit, I resign. <laughs> the world July. Sleepers, yeah. Uh not a good week for sleeper picks. 0 and 4. However, there was a uh I would say that there was a glimmer, however faint of hope uh for my picks this week or for my sleeper picks. The Broncos had a, a favorable matchup against the Falcons um, in terms of offense versus defense. However, the bigger concern wasn't if the Broncos could get anything on offense is could the Broncos defense slow down Matt Ryan and the Falcons offense. And it wound up being uh, within a one score. And to point out a few things about the team as a whole. So they had a total of 23 total first downs. Uh, but they only had five first downs in the first half, which means they are not converting drives. They're not mm-hmm. they're not staging drives. And over the whole course of the game, only five of their 13 offensive drives went longer than five plays. So I think what we showed was the defense was just wiped out in the first half. And against that Falcons offense, they didn't stand a chance. Um, and with only converting uh, five third downs in the first half, it means that the Broncos offense stalled. And as you noted in the notes, they mounted a late comeback. And unfortunately, while Locke seems to relish in these late comebacks, he needed to start the comeback a little earlier. Right. <laughs> He's a fourth um, quarter quarterback right now. <laughs> yeah. We yeah need- I, oh, sorry. I was, I think I, I heard that he has thrown, he has thrown five touchdowns in the second half of the last two games. So it's all happening in the second half. Right. Um, because they just can't get anything moving in that first half. Um, and they need to start. Like, you've got to be a four-quarter team. Otherwise, the Broncos are going to continue to slowly drop. However, the fact that they seem to do well under pressure, I think that's the kind of offense they need to start moving towards. More of a a hurry-up style, like act like it's a two-minute drill more frequently, especially when it comes to the clo- their last possession of the first half. And if they can get more points in even the second quarter to get them moving, Broncos can start changing. Uh, but, yeah, I'll go on to Dallas because I want to keep things moving sure. today because we want to give Soryu some time to input later as we go through uh, the weekly matchups. Right. Um, Dallas, the team that we had a quarterback who I knew nothing about, Garrett Gilbert. Mike. You knew nothing about him. Did you not watch the Alliance of American Football? Soryu probably does. He seems like the guy. Actually, oh, we made a custom yeah, fantasy league. We, based a, on we, that. we made a fantasy league for AF. <laughs> what? And I won somehow, even though I didn't check my team. I just drafted the team and like just left it. And you guys <laughs> are like texting about moves and stuff. And I'm just like, I don't know what happened. I don't know what's happening. I don't watch. <laughs> it all played out over a Google spreadsheet that I think Nick actually managed for us <laughs> impressively. Um, anyway, 
Go on, Garrett Gilbert. This guy that I had no idea completed 21 out of 38 pass attempts for 243 with a touchdown and a pick, which on the stat sheet isn't awful against the Pittsburgh defense. And I think that's really what this this matchup ultimately came down to was the Steelers are just seemingly unstoppable right now. Not just the fact that they're the only undefeated team, but they fired on all cylinders despite the fact they almost lost Big Ben. Um, right, yeah, they got a scare there with his uh, both of his knees, I think, getting rolled up on a little bit. I think the most surprising thing about the offense was Pollard, Tony Pollard actually outpaced Ezekiel Elliott with an average of 6.3 yards per carry to 2.8, which to me baffled me. Yeah, well, Zeke was banged up coming into this one. But, uh, I mean, yeah, whenever Pollard has gotten a chance, he's looked really good. I think the thing that impressed me the most was the Dallas defense again. This is two weeks in a row that uh, they've looked much improved through three quarters. They had only given up nine points. And uh, and they were leading, actually, after three quarters. They were up nine, They were up by 10. They took a 19-9 to nine lead into the fourth quarter. Uh, but then, of course, things fell apart there. The Big Ben got rolling. I think he threw three touchdown passes in this game. And a big loss, potentially, for Dallas is their rookie corner. I can never remember his first name. Diggs, he got hurt in this game, and he he's, could miss. He's Stefan Diggs' brother, Trevon Diggs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he looked like he was coming around. I think he had two interceptions uh, last week. Uh, but he got hurt, and he's probably out for the season. One of the big things is, is having Van Der Esch back in that linebacking core, I think, makes makes a big difference on the run game. So, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's early to tell, but this was a great showing. So even though the Cowboys are going to register a loss in the column, they gave the Steelers a fight for all every point that they put on the board. Um, and I think that's a, that's a gleam of hope for a team that I think after Dak went down, especially me after Dak went down, kind of cast them aside. Well, in that NFC East, even at 2-7, and seven, they're only like – I don't know. The standings are tricky with the Eagles having a tie in there, but they they only have one fewer win than the division leading Eagles. I mean, that division's just <laughs> stupid. Um, if the Eagles don't win the division, I'm I'm going to drive into the lake. I'm driving straight into Lake Michigan. You can take uh, take Wentz with you if you, if that happens. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. So moving on to my sleepers really quick. Also, both lost. Starting with the Cardinals, who hosted the Dolphins. In Tua Tagovailoa's second start, and he looked good. He didn't remember he didn't do much in his first start against the Rams, despite the fact that they won that game. Uh, but here he completed 20 out of 28 passes, 250 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Uh, and he did some work with his legs, too. This was actually a really fun game um, if you weren't nervously hoping the Cardinals would win, because like I was, because it was back and forth, it was high scoring. Um, ultimately, the Cardinals missed a game-tying field goal attempt with under two minutes to go, and and they ended up losing the game by that margin, 34-31. to 31. And uh, how about these Dolphins? Just, I know I'm supposed to be talking about the Cardinals. They're my pick. But the Dolphins have beaten three out of the four NFC West teams. The only team they didn't beat was Seattle, and that was a close game. I'm, I'm very impressed by them, especially on defense. And Kyler but Murray... See, that's the biggest surprise, too, is, is the defense just... It, took a step forward big. Um, right. Imagine what these guys would look like if they hadn't traded away to Minka Fitzpatrick last year. I don't want to think about Maybe it. Even better. Yeah. Um, 
We're supposed to crap on the Dolphins, but we can't now. We can't do that anymore. It's okay. We still have the Jets. And uh, Kyler Murray had another big game yardage-wise. He had 390 total yards and four touchdowns. Uh, but they did come up just short. It, one of an early miscue was he lost a fumble that was returned for a touchdown, putting them in an early hole. And even though he got all those yards, the Dolphins essentially took DeAndre Hopkins out of the game. They held him to just three catches for 30 yards. I think it was Xavier Howard covering him most of the time. Um, of course, Christian Kirk had a big game instead, so Murray still got the job done. But the Dolphins are proving they can uh, they can take away a player if they have to. And that's and that critical defense. for teams that just have you know their one primary receiver. They don't have the luxury of a Christian Kirk second to DeAndre Hopkins. So this defense, when they play teams that have kind of just one primary receiving threat, take them out of the game, puts teams in a tough bind. I mean, never thought I'd be complimenting the uh, – the Dolphin defense, but here we are. Yeah, yeah, and besides that, the run defense looked good too. We we all thought Chase Edmonds would have a monster game with Kenyon Drake out, but uh, he is a more you know younger, more explosive back. But they held him under three yards per carry, and uh, they have the fourth best scoring defense in the NFL. Does Miami? So I feel good about them for them. On my fantasy team now. Yeah, that was a good pickup. You got their defense. I was skeptical for this week, but they scored that touchdown, which which helped. And so the Cardinals fall to five and three. Luckily, Seattle lost this week too, so they're still only a game back in the NFC West in second place. Uh, now the Chargers. This is the most <laughs> depressing time of the week when I have to talk about the Chargers again, and that's just the way it goes for this team. Another week, another agonizing loss. And if you just look at the stat sheet, you would think they won. They outgained the Raiders 440 to 328 total yards. They had more first down more downs. They won the time of possession battle. And they uh, once again, they were leading at halftime only by three, though. This wasn't at least it wasn't one of those 17 point leads that they <laughs> let that, that they, evaporate. That what really hurt them in this game was the run defense. I think Carr only had like 150 passing yards, but they gave up 160 yards on the ground for an average of six yards per carry to uh, Josh Jacobs. And I think Devontae Booker kind of came out of nowhere. I know. I, I saw that name pop up, and I went, no, it yeah. can't be Devontae Booker from Denver from years ago. Right, right, yeah. Didn't know that guy was still in the league, but he <laughs> um, rushed eight times for 70 yards. And but despite all that, it, Herbert had another big game, and he kept them in it. And with four minutes to play, they got the ball back. Uh, the Chargers did down by five points. And he Herbert drove their offense down the field again, got them into position for the win from the Raiders' four yard line with one second on the clock. Last play of the game, it looked like Herbert completed the game winning touchdown pass, and that was the call on the field. But they reviewed it. And overturned that ruling to be an incomplete pass with no time on the clock. So the game ended there. Was it a legit overturn, Mike? Uh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> but that yeah, didn't was, stop me from complaining legit. about it. <laughs> yeah, it was legit. It was? Okay. It wasn't one yeah, of those like, no. instances where they got screwed by a bad No, game. no. It was, he, dro- he, didn't, he dropped it. Okay. It was just so agonizing because you see the call on the field. You get excited. <laughs> and then you see. Yeah, yeah he definitely anyway. dropped it. So despite another good game for Herbert and the offense, uh, they, the Chargers are now 2-6 and six and remain in last place in the AFC West. Stick a fork in them. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. They're totally done. Yeah, but, but I will say I will say that Justin Herbert uh, is very excited. I would be excited about Justin Herbert if I was a Chargers fan. Be, not just because he's putting up numbers, but 
he isn't afraid to throw the ball down the field. And that's something that you don't see from a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback, or sometimes even these veterans like Nick Foles throws behind the line of scrimmage on third and 15. Um, So, but like Herbert has really good touch and a really good looking deep ball. He has, he kind of struggles when the field shrinks and, and those red zone uh, drives kind of stall out a lot. We saw that against Denver last week when they had a yep. couple chances in the red zone. He turned settled it over once. Goals. They settled for a couple field goals. Yeah, because he, he kind of struggles in like the intermediate routes a lot. But it, it is there is something to say about a guy who who's willing to, when he looks like he's 14 years old, throw the ball 60 yards down the field. <laughs> So, Mike, would yeah. you at this point? I guess the 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 reigning question for the Chargers is: we we plagued Philip Rivers with all these fourth quarter woes, if you will, and these inabilities to close games. May we be looking at the coaching staff soon? Oh, definitely. I can't put this on Herbert. You know, he didn't have any turnovers no, 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 not once all. again. I'm but um, Herb, but yeah, I, I would I would put it mostly on coaching. You have to question the the play calling with with four minutes on the clock they were very conservative still. They were running the ball a lot and they took all the time off the clock. So they only had that one shot. There was, which, you know, would have worked out perfectly, I guess, if they scored because there's no time for the Raiders to respond. But I sensed a lack of urgency there and at other points in the game. And yeah, I mean, you look at the the players on the field, seem like they're doing their job. You got rid of Rivers, who you thought might be the problem with his late game, you know, his... (laughs) tendency to throw late game interceptions uh but he's gone herbert's not doing that and they're still losing these close games so um i think you gotta look at that yeah yeah when you got a team that like easily in a different timeline could have been six and two or or seven and one i think you have to think about um the coaching at that point so at a certain point with so many close games and so many like little moments in the game that are turning these uh you have to look at coaching i mean they call the plays Justin Herbert's a rookie. He's not telling the offense what to do. They're calling the play for him. Right. And, and usually with these, these uh, slim margin games, it, uh, there's a, a luck factor too, right? Like they, they talk about regressing to the, to the mean in terms of with how many you lose. Most teams go roughly 50-50 in these close games because they really can go either way. But year after year, the Chargers, the Chargers have been trying games. to regress to the mean for a decade. Like that's the reality. <laughs> And it, there's no end in sight to that. Oh well, just wait. One of these years, one of these years, they're going to go 16 and 0, and every game is going to be a one point win. <laughs> Does that mean you're picking the Chargers next year when we do this? I am. Uh, don't tempt me. Yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> there are a couple other good games. Uh, Seahawks lost to the Bills in a very high scoring affair, 34 to 44. And, uh, you know, it's no surprise at this point. We've seen it every week, but the Seahawks' pass defense is an enormous problem. Uh, the Jamal Adams trade didn't fix everything. They are dead last in passing yards allowed per game with 360. And, they, and the next worst team, Atlanta, allows 50 fewer passing yards per game. So they, they're worst in the league by a significant margin. That's and saying Josh- something when you're going up against Atlanta. Right. Like, and Josh Allen took advantage of this again, who's having a monster season himself with 400 passing yards and uh, no turnovers. And as good as Russell Wilson is having this MVP caliber season, he can't do it himself. And he turned the ball over four times here in the comeback effort. But super entertaining game here. Um, 
which you're going to get a lot of if you watch the Seahawks. <laughs> They're all going to be high scoring. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I mean, for watchability, for sure. I mean, it, they'll yes. be exciting. But but I think what we're seeing here too with the Seahawks is that they can kind of crap the bed on any given day because Russell Wilson is doing it by himself. And we've kind of said that for a couple of seasons, I think now, but he's so mm-hmm. good that it's, it's panning out. But like on, on any given Sunday, something like this happens where he can't do enough. Like he's trying to do it all. He turns the ball over three or four times. And that's something that we just like, we're not accustomed to, but it's enough for a team in the bills that I think when we get to, um, like later in the pod, we talk about it. I think that the bills are kind of on, on shaky ground in general. Like, I don't think I have a ton of confidence in the bills, despite this win. And I think um, Seattle and, knows who they are is the big thing. Like they know that, that they're a powerhouse offense with a struggling defense. But I think these are the types of games that really bring into light. If you didn't, weren't aware of it, they need to do something quickly. If they're going to be a postseason competition team, because when it comes to the postseason, you can't be given up, 360 plus yards in the game and expect to win right getting Carson back will help hopefully um get them more of a running game so they take the load off of them, which is really yeah, ironic too because that's not because that was hilarious <laughs> for you <laughs> whatever he wasn't going to score 37 points for me it will, which we'll talk about <laughs> anyway elsewhere the like we already alluded to the Sunday night football matchup between the Saints and the Buccaneers Highly anticipated, especially with the return of Antonio Brown. Um, but didn't go exactly as planned for Brady and the Bucks as <laughs> he got dismantled on both sides of the ball, 38-3. to three. Uh, Antonio Brown didn't do too much, which, you know, you could forgive him for, giving, given he's only been with the team for, you know, practicing for like a week. And one of Brady's three interceptions that he threw in this game was a targeting Brown on a play where there was clearly a miscommunication brown broke off his route brady threw it deep safety was right there um but yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about this game Jameis winston got in the game for the saints as their I clear thought it was hilarious when i texted you too <laughs> oh yeah what did you say like how funny would it be if he comes in one play and throws a pick i mean uh, i was really really hoping for that would not have surprised me but no he completed it he was one for one for i think 12 yards you know who else was one for one for a pass in that game? No, who? Taysom Bell. Yeah, I, I hate yeah. his stupid face. It's so I hate frustrating. Him so much. <laughs> and Thank and you. okay, you want you want I have to say this because it, it almost screwed me. Um, so I am in a I, in in one of my like deeper contra uh, deeper fantasy leagues. This guy Taysom Hill is a tight end in ESPN. This yeah. guy's team is so banged up and bad that he started Taysom Hill against me the one time that it looked like <laughs> Taysom Hill like was actually having a good game, and I was like, "Of course, this is happening against me." I was up by like three points. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I texted Matt jokingly because I was desperate for a tight end this week too. I was like, "It's saw Taysom Hill there." Oh, Matt, how funny would it be if I picked him up? And turns out, and he game, almost scored though. twice. <laughs> yeah, and I told you to do it, and no, everyone craps on me for liking Taysom Hill, and it's like you don't yeah, have because to he's terrible. He's awful. He's terrible. Thank you, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the most like if he was on any other team, nobody would like him. Sean, he's got some dirt on Sean Payton. I think that's well, what it is. I think it's that, and the fact that they're paying him what like ten million dollars a year. They're like, well, better might as well use this guy. <laughs> I have a fun <laughs> fact our about worth. this game. Oh yes, please. This is the first time in Tom Brady's career that he has been swept by a division, division opponent. 
oh. and, and perspective. Was it 21 years in the league? Yeah, because, I mean, it's logical if you look back at how bad the AFC East has been for 20 years. It's like what right. you see, the meme you sent me with Brady's, like, his head in his hands, like, man, I wish I was playing the Jets and the Dolphins right now. I don't know if, yeah. I don't know I don't if know about the Dolphins. Patriots team would beat the Dolphins right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dolphins are a good team. Well, now they are, but in Brady's days, man, compared to what he's dealing with right now. Yeah, he should have gone to... Uh... An NFC East team. <laughs> so, yeah, Saints win this game. They complete the season sweep. This is the second time they've beat the Bucks, and they won't play again unless in the playoffs, potentially. And then I just want to talk about how terrible the Bears are. Again, this is my weekly corner for that. <laughs> your, your weekly page. They, they lost to the Titans 17-24, to but it was, it was not nearly this close. A couple garbage time scores in the fourth quarter. Uh, made it look respectable. But for three and a half quarters, the Bears couldn't move the ball against this Titans defense that had been bottom 10 in defending the pass. Because Foles isn't a starting Foles, quarterback. Foles is not the answer. I think you were right in the preseason when you said uh, they should go with Mitch, which you know they did, and they were 3-0 and with him. Uh, but now when they've switched to Foles, he's not good. And then I thought it was funny. I wanted to bring this up because, because Matt, you had mentioned that to me. And then Surio too was like they should go back to Mitch, but guess what? They they injured Mitch on one of these stupid plays where both quarterbacks are on the field, a Taysom Hill esque play, if you will, and they handed it to him, and he hurt his shoulder, and now and he's out now. They don't even have that option to switch to him. And I just want to ask this question: Why does every team feel like they need a Taysom Hill now? I don't know. I mean, they so did stupid. it with Mitch in Philadelphia. You've got Jalen Hurts. They just feel like they have to get him on the field sometimes. I don't know, but. Every time Jalen Hurts comes on the field, I want to die. <laughs> it's like, well, we're going backwards. Right. They bring him in for these, these gadget especially plays. That, part especially of it is every offensive-minded person is like freaking Sean Payton. Like, Sean Payton makes it work. Not every coach is I Sean don't know that Taysom Hill works, let me tell you. <laughs> no, this is a problem. Like, they bring these guys in, but then they, they like, clearly telegraph that it's going to be a wildcat run. Like... Jalen Hurst has, like, has thrown one pass. Right. Like, nobody thinks he's going to throw. So they can just <laughs> key in on him, like, doing a QB draw situation. It's frustrating. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, they're I may be getting... the only person near Chicago right now that actually feels bad for Mitchell Trubisky at this point. No, I agree with you, because Foles has been so bad. I wonder if they would be considering going back if they hadn't gotten him injured on one of these plays. <laughs> Look, I think it's I think that's totally part of the calculus. I think it he he might be back in because they still have a, a winning record somehow. I mean <laughs> for now. We'll yeah. probably yeah, we'll probably agree that they're the worst five win team we've ever seen. <laughs> Which is the same thing we've said for the last three weeks. They're the worst five win team we've ever seen because they haven't won a game. Right. Still sitting at five wins. <laughs> I, I feel anyway. that pain. Yeah, just wanted to bring that up. So, uh, were there any other games you wanted to talk about? I I need to stop betting on the Lions. So that was just oh. that just happened to be the local game um, where I'm at in Milwaukee. Um, it was the Chicago game and the and the Lions game, which mm-hmm. of course is incredible television. I'm glad that those are the two. Um, but I keep in the in the pick'em with the spreads. I keep picking the stupid Lions to cover, and they're so terrible. And uh, Matt Stafford's hurt, I think. Yeah, uh, no, I think he, he had a concussion. thought he was going to get a concussion, but I think he's good to play. He cleared it. They just didn't put okay. him back in. All right, that's fine. They, they shouldn't. Chase Daniel, by the way, what a career. 
I, I want his job so badly. Yeah, he's on a, he's a, a Josh McCown arc. <laughs> he's on a three-year, thirteen-plus million-dollar contract to play a backup quarterback. That's incredible. Insane. Living the dream. <laughs> yeah, that's all I have to say. All right, cool. Then let's get into this uh, segment we did after week four. We looked at every team and uh, put a label on them: contender or pretender. Now that we're flashy, at... change music. Choo choo. That was very flashy. Thank you. Um, and now that we're about halfway through the season, thought it would be fun to bring this back and let Sario weigh in too. So let's just go through each team really quick and we'll just say we can have small debates if we want to, but uh, but we'll just go through each team and say if we think they're a legitimate playoff contender or not. So is this is this like if they won the Super Bowl, we wouldn't be surprised? Or if just if they make – because like most of the teams are going to make the playoffs, right? Like Steelers are going to make the playoffs. But- yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're, so they're like they're whether like they're a real contender to win the Super Bowl. Let's do that. Yeah, let's yeah let's say Super Bowl contender. I think That'll it's time that we can probably down. say Super Bowl or bust instead of playoff or bust because especially with some them of these six and six, six seven eight win teams will make the playoffs no matter right. what. Right, especially this year since there's an extra playoff yeah. team in each conference. Which well, they're going to keep that, and I'm excited. They might. Go, oh, and they, are they going to eight? Is that official? I have not heard. But I like I know seven is official going forward. But then they talk yeah. about like, will we do eight because of the Rona? Oh, I don't know. Are we going to get know. demonetized for saying Rona on this podcast? The idea around, but I haven't heard any like guarantee of anything. That that's sweet that you think we're currently monetized. <laughs> we're going to get demonetized <laughs> for saying Rona. That's what happens on the YouTube. We're still waiting to put our first video up because some genius still hasn't eaten his damn Jello. Uh, I'm working <laughs> on it. I. <laughs> Don't want to no, do it. I'm, I, I, stalling for time. Don't don't <laughs> give me that crap. Just hoping everyone will forget, even though it's on the record in multiple places. I, I still have Kevin to bet. Shame for this sad face <laughs> next to my next to Taysom, right next to Taysom Hill. He's All got right. a smiley face. Let's go through. Uh, yeah, so let's say Super Bowl contender or pretender, starting with the AFC teams that are above 500. So we've got the Bills sitting at seven and two. I think they're a pretender. I don't think they're coming to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I could. I bet they'll make a. I could see them making a deep run though. So I'm going to give them contender status. Okay. Uh, I don't know about a deep run, but no, I, I can't see this Bills team is too shaky right now. I agree. All right, Dolphins well, five and three. I'm going to say pre- pretenders for this year, but the future is bright. I. I can't I can't fight it anymore. I have to say that there's a potential con- deep run contender there. Not a Super Bowl, but they're going to they're going to they're going to make an impact. Me too. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, look, by the way, if I if I was a betting man in Vegas, I bet the line I bet the odds on the Dolphins winning that division is is pretty favorable. You might make some money on that and I would probably bet it. That's that's unsolicited betting advice on this podcast. That's great. We don't. We haven't had much of that so far. Yeah, they're they're two games back of the Bills. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this division, especially with like we said that the Bills are kind of an unknown variable right now. Like they're either good or they're terrible. Right. No I mean, look, if they play like like I don't know week to week, I, I don't know if I I count on especially on that defense. I don't really really understand what's happening to that Bills defense, which was pretty stout the last couple of years, and this year they just they can't they don't hit anybody before six yards down the field. 
Yeah, well, they've still got Tredavious White. He's still balling out. Josh Norman, when he's on the field, still looks okay. But yeah, a lot of questions about the front seven, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, when do those two play head-to-head? That'll be really fun. Did they play each other yet? I should Ooh. know this. Bills and Dolphins. They did play each other once. I think the Bills I'm won. looking at their schedule now. Uh, they sure. played the last game, week 17, week 16, week 17. Yeah, that's Ooh, boy. The, yeah, but but the first match of the Bills won. Yes, that's correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. But that was, that, was with, uh, that was a different team, and that was a pretty close game, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which we were. I remember being surprised at at the time, but maybe that and should the have Bills been. Bills' remaining schedule is the Cardinals, then they, then the Chargers, 49ers, Steelers, Broncos, Patriots, and then they end with the Dolphins. And they're probably a ten or eleven win team. Given that ranking schedule, I mean, it's not a bad schedule for them to end with with these teams. I mean, 49ers are banged up all across the board. Yeah, New, New England, we can't give them the the credit that they once had because they're just struggling on every facet of the football. So the really challenges come from the the Steelers and the Cardinals, and then obviously the Dolphins would be their three probably toughest games to finish out the season. I think it's totally possible that this division comes down to that game. I think it's not mm. impossible. And I think, as like obviously the odds will, will say that the Bills are the favorite in the division, and that's true. But I'm just saying, like, at, if you're trying to hit big on a, on a bet, I bet the Dolphins are, are probably pretty favorable. Then the um, Dolphins finish yeah, out totally. with uh, Denver, the Jets, the Bengals, Chiefs, New England, Raiders, and then, of course, the Bills. So Dolphins got a little bit tougher of a schedule. I don't know. There's just six winnable games in there. Yeah, I mean, everyone but the Chiefs, I could say, everyone wouldn't be a Chiefs, total yeah, shocker. I wouldn't yeah. Be, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat, like, you know. I mean, the Patriots are terrible. The <laughs> first three the teams you listed are garbage. All right, let's let's uh, let's speed through the next few of these because we're short on time. Uh, Steelers are undefeated. I think it's safe to say that with that defense and the offensive weapons, they're a contender. Or skip it. Ravens, a bit trickier for me. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think they're a pretender this year. I think that they could win. I think that they're a contender, but I don't feel as good about that as I did three weeks ago. Yeah, I've got some Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. That's I've got some. I've got some Lamar Jackson stats coming up later. They're not good. (laughs) Browns are five and three. They're pretenders. They're terrible. They're so. They're they're so terrible. They're the second worst five win team. (laughs) Yeah, they're so so terrible. Yeah. Nope. I gotta say, no go this year. Titans are six and two. Uh, what do you guys think about the Titans? I I think, that, I think their defense is trash. It's horrible. Their defense is terrible. Yeah, but Derrick Henry's Henry is still a monster. AJ Brown is still a monster. I think that they're still a contender for me, and I think that's controversial. Yeah, it's a close one. I think that they're a well coached team. I think that they know who they are, and I think that that's important in in a one game sample. I feel like that teams are figuring out, starting to figure out the Titans' offensive formula. Yeah, the formula is run the ball. (laughs) I mean, that's the formula. (laughs) But look at how well they started out, though, and look at how they ended last year. Everyone knew going into the postseason they were going to give Derrick Henry the ball and run it, but they were still able to be highly successful with it. I think now that Vic Beasley has been cut, they have no chance. (laughs) 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 I'm going to say contender still. Colts 5-3. and no, pretender. Not with not with Phil. Not with, yeah. <laughs> with Andrew Luck, look. If this team still had Andrew Luck, I think they're I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I think that. Yeah, I mean, team they is have good. the best. I think the defense the, is good. I think that yep. the, the offensive line is really good. Running I think the running backs good. they haven't performed uh, like Jonathan Taylor hasn't really panned out yet, but I think he's good. 
think he he's a good will. player. And I think it'll just take some time. Yeah, I'm with the Colts um, as, a, as a pretender. Yeah. Chiefs, obviously, of contender. Course. Raiders, Raiders five and three pretender, I think. I think they're good. I'm going to give him yeah, credit. I have not watched the Raiders Derek game. <laughs> Derek Carr has proven me wrong every time. Like All the doubts I had about him have changed with the way that offense is being run now. He's not afraid to throw the ball down the field, which was the one category they were missing for so long. I think that they're good. I don't know that I would like bet on them because I think that they, they kind of lack talent. I kind of feel like they don't have weapons that are exciting. Nelson Aguilar plays a lot of snaps on this team. <laughs> and let me tell you about Nelson Aguilar. Oh, yeah, you know all about Nelson Aguilar as an Eagles fan. Yep. Yeah, but I think that uh, I think that they're gutsy. I think that they play hard, and I think that they are um, pretty good. They are not the worst five-win team on this board. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, so so we said, what did we say? I said Bills, Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, Titans, Chiefs. I'm going to say the Raiders are pretenders, but I think it's close. I'm keeping the Raiders in this for now. And I said Bills are pretenders as well. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, I say pretenders for the Raiders. NFC above 500 teams. We got the six and two Packers. They're they're contenders, gotta, but I gotta think be that, contenders. But I think that they're low ceiling contenders because I think that there's not a lot of upside from what we see. It's the defense. They forgot how to tackle. We they got can't tackle. Yeah, the run uh, defense specifically. And we we we're gonna we we drill this every season with this team. They have they have one weapon on in the receiving game. They have one weapon. Well, Alan Lazard is coming back. He's been. I don't he like Alan good. Lazard. I don't think he's good. <laughs> really? He's slow. Yeah, I disagree. He's him. straight up slow. <laughs> but he's he reliable at catching. MVS has had several drops. MVS is terrible. MVS is the most cuttable man on the planet. If only MVS, you could combine MVS's speed with Lazard's ability to catch. That's a good receiver. Would, that's a number two receiver right there. <laughs> I, I still say uh, you got Aaron Rodgers, though, and a. Yeah, I, but I think that. Defense. But I think that we know who they are. There's not like a lot of upside. Like with the Dolphins, I think there's upside because we don't. We're still learning about Tua. Um, you know, I I I feel that way. With with the Chiefs, I still think there's upside because I think Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen. He's but like limitless. Aaron Rodgers, we know who he is, and he's a great quarterback. But that this is it. Like this is what the team is. All right. Uh, well, they have a better running back room than a lot of years that he <laughs> dealt yeah, with. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but yeah, I mean, they're clearly yeah, going to win the division. Then, they're definitely yeah. contenders. Uh, Bears, no. They're Like, the Bears, I don't think the Bears are going to make the playoffs. No, no they're going to probably lose every game remaining on the schedule. <laughs> uh, Buccaneers at 6-3. and three, They've shown flashes on both sides of the ball of being really good. Uh, I, mean, I, think, I think we've slept on the Bucks defense for a while, and I think the Bucks defense is way better than people. Yeah, they just gave up 38 points. You mean, yeah, I was going to say. You mean the, <laughs> but, you mean the, the one, but they went against Drew Brees, one of the most accurate. They went against the great Taysom Hill. What could they do? <laughs> I still uh, think they're contenders. But they, under, with the helm of the coaching staff, I got to keep them in the contender. I yeah, and, contender. and I don't think they've had all three. Well, now three that they've got Brown. They haven't had all the receiving weapons healthy at the same time. Somehow Chris Godwin was playing with a broken finger last week. So, yeah, things will improve, and they've got great running backs. Gronk is back. I, I just talked myself into him. Yeah, they're still contenders. <laughs> uh, Saints Saints at 6-2 and two just beat this team, obviously contenders. Definitely. Although, although I have to say, 
I've, I'm so unimpressed by Drew Brees consistently. Like, I know that he threw four touchdowns yesterday, and I know that he drove them down the field a bunch of times. But, like, it's a lot of Alvin Kamara. It's yeah. a lot of, like, putting he, – he doesn't have arm strength. Like, that's definitely true. Drew Brees, mm-hmm. I, I think I have more arm strength than Drew Brees today. Um, <laughs> today? Yeah, I mean, he used to be a better thrower. <laughs> but but now, yeah, yeah, I would say that. I got half a rotator cuff. It's on. Um, but he like he's so accurate, exactly, just like what Matt said. Like, he puts the ball in the right window that only mm-hmm. his guy can get it. But, like, but he's not throwing it down the field. Like, they, they're right. doing a lot of slow, methodical drives down the field where it goes, you know, four or five yards per play. And it takes a lot of time. And then they have to do the Taysom Hill bit every seven plays. Um, and I, I think that they uh, – I feel are, like he's too, directed at me, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I look, I hate Taysom Hill. I, and, I, and I think Drew Brees <laughs> is washed. I think that they're good because they have a good system and they know who they are. And the defense is good. The defense, too. Yeah. The defense is really good. Uh, Seahawks, obviously – well, I mean, they're making the playoffs for sure, but I, don't, I wouldn't call them a Super Bowl contender the way that defense is playing. I agree. Uh, Cardinals, I think I feel similarly. Oh, I wouldn't even say they're definitely making the playoffs, but they've got, you know, Kyler Murray is amazing. The defense is not. They're a contender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're I the same they're category, really same bucket as the Seahawks, really I think. Remember, they lost to Detroit. If I say the Dolphins are <laughs> contenders, I have to say the Cardinals are contenders. That was a great game. All right. Uh, Rams are also that. five and three. Uh, yeah, Goff is really struggling this year. He's not good. They don't have enough good players around Donald and Ramsey on defense. So yep. I'm going to say no to the Rams. Matt? Yeah, unfortunately, no. All right, let's just skip all the teams that are below 500 for the yeah. sake of time. Unless yeah, my there one statement, are, I think the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. They have been really good. Or Dalvin Cook has been really seven good. Seven teams are going to make this postseason, and I think the Vikings are going to pass the Bears. Hmm. They well, should. They go head-to-head this week, so we'll see. I, oh, what about your Eagles? Contenders? No, they're terrible. What about when uh, Alshon Jeffrey's back? Doesn't and... matter. Alshon Jeffrey's terrible. <laughs> Cut them all. Cut everybody. Cut everybody. What about Boston Scott? He's fine. He's actually pretty good. All right, cool. Well, then, yeah, we'll skip that's, ahead. That's your the... Eagles corner. Cut everybody. <laughs> Cut everybody. Boston Scott's okay. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Thanks for doing that. Uh, that's always fun. We'll probably do that one more time before. the. We'll probably do that after week 12 or 13, too, with uh, just a few games left in the season. But All right. Rolling right on. Week 10 preview. This week, we got the Jets, Chiefs, Cowboys, and Falcons on a bye. And then the week of football kicks off, as always, on Thursday night with a better matchup than usual, I would say, on Thursday night. <laughs> we got the 5-3 and three Colts at the 6-2 and two Titans. And just a note, these were me and Matt's teams that we picked preseason to win the division. I had picked the Colts, which I don't feel great about at this point, and Matt had chosen the Titans. And like we sort of referenced a minute ago, the Colts do have the best defense in the league in terms of yards per game allowed. But um, And also, I was surprised by this. Their offense is statistically not as bad as I would have thought. But I think we all know, we all have feelings about Phillip Rivers. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> yeah. take, I'm taking the Titans here. I'm Out of the, the past 51 times these team met, the Colts have won 34 of them. So I got to take the Colts on this one. I'm taking the Colts. And let me say one of the things that that's really driving a lot of picks, I think, and you'll see it in the lines and the spreads too, is I don't think that teams are getting much home field advantage. Like, mm. I think that they're just like, cause, because in a normal 
um, neutral line, the, the, the home team gets three points. And that's not really happening. I think the line on this game was like minus two, Titans minus two and a half, which means at a neutral site, the Colts are favored. Huh. So that's uh, normally. So I, I just right. think that they're not really giving home field. Interesting. I wonder if, no uh, if I had done my homework before this, it, it'll be interesting once this season is done with to look at um, yeah. if there were, if the home teams did perform worse than in a typical yeah. year. And I, I think anecdotal evidence says that they are, mm-hmm. but I don't that, know that for sure. That'll be part of our post postseason analysis. Yeah. Yep. Someone, someone write that down. <laughs> and then Sunday, the early slate of games, we got Sario's Eagles at three, four and one coming off the bye, uh, taking on the giants who are sitting at two and seven and Eagles, I think should get miles Sanders back in this game. And, uh, I don't know. I heard Alshon's going to practice, but he, he practiced, he's practiced plenty this season and hasn't showed up in a game yet. So, and, and he's terrible. So maybe we shouldn't breed into that either way. Uh, I feel but, like so you should be the first one to say which of these teams we're going to win this game. The Eagles are going to win this game. I have the <laughs> Eagles as well. Tenacity versus unreliability. Yeah, I'm we're taking the win. Eagles. Um, Jaguars at Packers. Jake Luton's going to get the start again. Oh, uh, Eagles are a... my eliminator pick, by the way. Oh, nice. So I'm putting faith in your team, so are you? I wouldn't. Jaguars are one and seven. Uh, lost seven in a row. Packers six and two. Bounce back from that uh, surprising loss to the Vikings with a win over the San Francisco COVIDs. I mean, the 49ers. Uh, I'm taking the Packers, and they're my eliminator pick. I'm also taking the Packers. Green Bay all the way. Uh, Washington at Detroit. And Alex Smith is going to get the start here because... I am so excited for that. Haskins is in the doghouse for reasons unknown, and Kyle Allen is hurt. And I'm actually taking Washington because, like Sario said, Detroit is just awful. I'm also and they Washington. may or may not have Stafford with a concussion, and also Kenny Galladay was hurt last week. I have I Washington as well. Sweep it. Texans at Browns. This game's going to be gross. Oh, this is one of the ones that you just don't want to watch. Yeah, or or borderline unwatchable. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Uh, I'm actually, I don't have any notes for this game, but I'm actually taking the Browns. They're coming off the bye week. Nick Chubb might be back. I'm trying to talk myself into it. <laughs> what do you guys think? I'm taking the Texans. I have Cleveland. Bucks at 6-3 and three now, taking on the 3-6 and six Panthers, who just got McCaffrey back, but he might be gone with the shoulder injury now. So frustrating. <laughs> yeah, who picked them overall, first overall in the league? Who's who just scored 187 points, Matt? Not this guy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I've got a note on on our on our point totals in the in the fantasy corner later. Um, I'm taking the Bucks. Me too. But it it would have been I, I would have uh, I might have been controversial if McCaffrey was for sure playing. They you know they put up a really good show against the Chiefs. Yeah, they're scrappy. Yeah, they, they don't win that game without a, without a without a fight. That's for sure. If only Joey Sly could kick a seventy-yard field goal, they would have won. Depending on depending on the line on this game, like I, I would pick, I might pick the pack the Panthers to cover. If it's oh, like that's true. a six-point spread or something, I'd probably pick the Panthers to cover. Yeah, I probably should have clarified that we're just picking straight. Yeah, I know. But, but yeah, I okay. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good point. It should be close. Uh, moving on through the afternoon slate of games. Oh, by the, the way, Chargers. Yes. Before you start this, just th- this is how the this is how the NFL should do this, where they evenly split the day and the afternoon games. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You have 
11 sorry that we have 11 <laughs> games in the morning and then three we, games in the afternoon for no reason yeah i don't know why it's different this week but yeah it is i think exactly 50 50 because of the masters that's why oh that's what i heard okay. Because, you know, golf versus football, no contest. Look, I'd rather watch the Masters than some of these football games. Right. If yeah, you're talking I, about if you're talking about uh, Texans at Browns, yeah, I'll, I'll take some golf. I don't, I don't <laughs> need to watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think professional bowling's on at that time, too. I'll watch that, too. Whatever's on ESPN, the Ocho, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> the first game on the afternoon slate is a really exciting battle of rookie quarterbacks between the Chargers and Dolphins, Herbert versus Tua. And uh, two teams going in opposite directions. But I think this should be really, really fun. Yeah. Uh, I'm taking Miami, though, I think. I'm also taking Miami. I do not trust the Chargers. Yep, and that's why. Yeah. Because I think they have talent. I just think that they're... um, Oh, they have so much talent. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't finish games. They can't finish games. And, oh, also, I, I didn't mention in the recap earlier, but Joey Bosa missed last week's game with a concussion, and it's unknown if he'll be back that makes a difference yep um yeah i'm yeah taking the dolphins and then matt's broncos in the, another interdivision battle against the raiders did you see the picture i sent you mike of my reason for picking my team i couldn't decipher it what was, it was that? a really blurry picture i i'm taking denver just because i feel like i have to back my broncos oh I right i mean confident at all in that they are matt's broncos after all they're yours you adopt a team I'm taking the Raiders here, though. Sorry. Me too. I feel confident uh, you guys will emerge victorious. There we go. Next <laughs> game, Bills at Cardinals. I think this is going to be a really fun one, too. Um, Bills are 7-2. and two, Cardinals 5-3, and three, coming off the loss. And it's in Arizona, but maybe that doesn't matter. I think we're just talking about home field advantage or not. Uh, who do I have? I'm, I have the Bills, actually. I have the Cardinals. I'm taking the Bills as well. Yeah, I don't know. This will be a really good test for well, both defenses, really. Um, 49ers at Saints. Or as I texted Matt during the game, 48ers or something like that, because they're a little bit less than the 49ers would normally be. I think be. they're We're a lot see. less. <laughs> they're like the 25ers. Should yeah. be Saints easy. Yeah. Saints. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. This is a big game. Uh Big just game. one game one game separates the teams now in the division with the Rams coming off the bye, Seahawks coming off the loss. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm taking the Seahawks though. I don't I don't think the Rams are that good. Get right game for Jared Goff here against that defense. I'm taking the Rams. I have the Rams as well. I feel like they're due for an upset and that Seahawks defense should be the perfect opportunity to gain a little bit of confidence after the bye. Yep. I agree with Matt. Uh, final game of the Sunday afternoon slate is the Bengals at Steelers. And like Skip we talked Steelers. about already, Big Ben got hurt, but he came back in the game, so he should be fine. And Yeah, I think Steelers. Steelers. Although Joe Burrow looks very good. I love watching Joe Burrow, but their defense is really bad, and they don't protect him. And then uh, Sunday Night Football. Oh, yeah, here are my Lamar Jackson notes. It's the Ravens at Patriots, which I can see why this looked like a good matchup preseason. It could still be fun. Patriots it's just gave be up. Horrible. Patriots just gave up thirty-seven or twenty-seven points to the Jets. So I don't know if they can hang their head on that defense. Uh, Ravens, <clears throat> on the flip side, do have a good defense, but uh, some interesting Lamar Jackson stats. He has fewer passing yards this year than Ryan Fitzpatrick, than Nick Foles, Dak Prescott still, 
and Justin Herbert. And I thought that was notable because all of those guys haven't played all the games yeah. in the season. Yeah. And he's also on pace. Lamar Jackson is for 325 fewer rushing yards than last year. And that's been kind of an ongoing discussion in, in well, in all of our, both of our group threads and stuff is, is our, is the rest of the league catching up to Lamar Jackson, which is what people, what tends to happen to running quarterbacks. Yeah. And, and is that happening? It, it might be. And I'm still taking the Ravens though. I just want to, yeah. Just, against this things, Patriots team, yeah. the Ravens. <laughs> all things considered, it's gotta be the Ravens all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And then Monday night football Vikings at bears. And, and like uh, Sergio mentioned, Vikings have looked really good lately. I think they've won two in a row. Uh, both in the division, too, against Green Bay and Detroit. And Dalvin Cook has just been insane. Uh, I was reading, I was listening to another podcast earlier, and in the, over the last two games, the 16-game pace uh, that Dalvin Cook would be on is like 40 rushing touchdowns and 3,000 rushing yards. It's <laughs> based on how good he's been the last two weeks. And you know, the Bears are a better defense than either the Packers or the Lions. Uh, but, I'm yeah, I'm taking the Vikings here. Me, too. Yeah. I have zero faith in the Bears. Cool. And that is the week 10 preview. Let's talk some fantasy football. Ah. Put another way, Sario, won't you join us in the fantasy corner? I will. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should be. So in week nine, uh, me and Matt both lost, and we scored a combined 190 points between our two fantasy teams. Meanwhile, Surio took down our defending champion, Balaji, with 187 points. So you would have almost beaten me and Matt combined this week. That's yeah. Matt props to you. I mean, I, it, it was a lot of um, – I mean, I have, to, I have to tip my hat to James Robinson this year. I have to tip my hat to Justin Herbert this year. Um, those were two of the big pickups. And I picked up Chase Claypool, which, I mean, I, I, I missed out on the actual huge day obviously because who really who knew that he was gonna score 50 points right. but he's been pretty solid like he's been very was one very total consistent. dud but, but uh, other than I, was, that, I, feel good. I was very upset because i picked up on on waivers jacoby myers and the more i looked at the matchup it was going to be a really good matchup but then i was like man against the bears defense i feel like this is an opportunity for Tannehill to maybe push the ball out more which means more target opportunities for Corey davis no i couldn't have gambled any more wrong Kobe the Bears, the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, that's you thought just the Bears were were a better matchup than the Jets. Is that what you're saying? I feel like the I felt like the target share for Corey Davis was going to be a little bit higher, but I did see him drop one ball, so there was that. Had I actually gone with my initial plan of starting Jacoby Myers, I would have won. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, because because you lost you by what? Like, oh yeah, yeah, you definitely would have won. 100. percent That was that was the aggravating part of like yeah. I mean, that's that's the worst. Oh, yeah. Jacoby Myers had well, 22 see, points. Absolutely. The nice thing about losing by 37 is that there is no there's combination of players done, on yeah. my <laughs> roster. There. Yeah, there's nothing you could have done. That's how you do it. Yeah, that's the key. I'd, I'd, I'd much rather get blown out than than lose close knowing that I left points on the bench. Yeah. Um, so then just looking at the standings really quick, Surio is in tied for first place. Well, no, you've got first place based on the points scored. Uh, tiebreaker with Nick. Oh, and Peter. So you're sitting at six and three, mm-hmm. and uh, so there are three six and three teams, there's and then Matt. And there's a seven and two in, in yeah in my division. Uh, Matt. Oh boy, Matt, you've lost four in a row. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Sorry, I just realized that. 
Uh, but you're still five and four. Both of you are you're just a game behind. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at four and five, uh, tied for third place in the other division. But in a 12-team league where six teams make the playoffs, you really just need to be around 500, and you've got a chance to at least get in, and then anything yeah. can happen. Yeah. All I know is this is the first year that I've done well. <laughs> so I'm just going to take the little victories as they come. Well, speaking of victories, it remains to be seen who this will be more of a victory for, but uh, we should probably talk about our trade a little bit, Matt. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like at the at the end at the end of the season, I'm gonna feel like an idiot. But I needed. I'm so quarterback starved right now. Well, after one week of the trade, it looks good for you. Uh, so I traded Matt Juju Smith Schuster and Jaguars quarterback Phenom Jake Luton Incredible. for uh, Chris Carson and Dallas Goddard. Mm-hmm. Both of which got me a zero this week. Meanwhile. Juju and uh, and Jake put a, a combined forty for you, Matt. So looks like a win. Obviously, I'm hoping Carson gets healthy, and Goddard was on a bye. So, with that caveat. <laughs> but again, Luton was a last minute pickup. I feel like I've done. I've been very lucky with last minute pickups the past few weeks. Until I didn't start Jacoby Myers, but you know that right. aside. But DJ Dallas was a good pickup the week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and he was good again, right? He he scored again anyway. He scored. <laughs> and then Boston Scott was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Luton this week. So I mean, it's just about trying to figure out, like fantasy is, just who happens to be that week. So while Miles Sanders coming back is great for fantasy, I kind of hope he takes one more week. Yeah, make sure you're fully healthy there. So I don't know. What do you think about that trade, Soria? Uh, I'm still on the Chris Carson side. I think he's good, and I think that they need him. And I and my my issue with Juju is that I think that his upside is a little limited uh, because they have so they have three legitimate receivers mm-hmm. plus Eric Ebron seems to catch a touchdown every week and I feel like Juju is is a, a safe floor guy because uh, he'll get targets but they won't be that deep down the field I think like like something it feels like his average depth of target is like two and a half yards. Um, but yeah, but he could be like a PPR, like catches seven or eight balls and gets 60, 70 yards and you hope a chance for a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, And you hope he scores. So that's kind of where I feel. And I think Carson has upset and I think they need him to, to take pressure off of Russ. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a matter of him getting healthy. And uh, and I'm hoping with Zach Ertz still out for, I think, I don't know how long, but for now, a couple of weeks, I think a couple of weeks, hopefully Goddard, uh, I think Goddard can be useful even with Ertz. I think Goddard can be useful even with Ertz. I mean, he was on pace before he got injured. Yeah. Well, it's funny because after week one, Juju did nothing and Goddard had like 100 yards and a touchdown. And and you offered me Goddard for Juju straight up, Matt. And it's funny that we ended up doing like a variation on that. (laughs) Right? Because you're like, man. Nine weeks later. For the first three weeks, all you kept saying was, man, my quarterback, my uh, my tight end strategy was not paying off. I was, I kept taunting you. I'm like, well, Goddard's coming back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were right. And it, my tight end strategy is still biting me in the tight end, so to speak. My tight end strategy has worked out well. <laughs> what was it's that? Travis, Travis, it's Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One oh, of these was, years. That was last minute pickup I did when I grabbed uh, Logan Thomas out of nowhere. Right, and he got like fifteen. Yeah, you have you got a, you got Matt. You got a thing for tight ends. Let me tell you, you had like five <laughs> on the roster at one point. 
one of the things was is I wanted like I knew like someone like Mike was starved in the position so I was like if I can grab these guys I felt like I had a good trade bait option to kind of had a little <laughs> bit of leverage and it wasn't panning out and I was like I think I've screwed myself now can I ask you what Anthony Ferkster has on you as a person like does he have beef why because I'm not starting him does, does he have because pictures? you're not you because you have him still <laughs> I don't know. You want is this him? like a is this like a Taysom Hill, Sean Payton hostage uh, yeah, I'm situation? Just curious. <laughs> I'm curious what you love about this man. Uh, he is he is incredibly droppable. I don't know. He's definitely next on my list though to go like up there with Corey Davis right now. Oh, he trade me Corey Davis. I'll take him. Um, and then Keelan Cole. I don't know. I felt like that was great, and then just one catch for six yards. I figured that was a good thing with Jake Luton. I'm like, all right, I'll pair this up. No. Well, yeah, especially when LaVisca Chenault got hurt in that game. I'm surprised Cole didn't get more involved. But, How about that DJ Chark life? Yeah. Who was also on someone's bench this week, I believe. Yeah, he's on Alex's bench. Yeah. <laughs> there are right, strangers uh, throwing the ball. <laughs> strangers who are incredibly good at football. Uh, let's let's look ahead to our week ten matchups really quick. And uh, with our fantasy playoffs starting in week fourteen, we only have four weeks left. So the time is now to uh, make up. Well, unless you're tied for first place already, <laughs> like one of us is. The time is now to make a uh-huh. postseason push. Uh, and this week, I'm going up against my wife, who's in our league and has won the league twice out of the. Six, seven years? I forget how many years we've done this. I think she, seven. I think she, won, seven. she won two out of the first three, which was hilarious. And we have the same record. We're both four and five. So that should be a good matchup there. Maybe we'll bet babysitting duties on it or something. Although my history of bets have not paid off so far this year. Still waiting. Though I have yet to pay out any of them. <laughs> and then Matt, uh, you play against Kevin, who is also five and four. And I also owe him a bet from when he beat me head to head. That I have not paid up on. Wow. It's like a pattern. <laughs> uh, and then, Surio, you've got a matchup against Brittany, who's four and five. In, yeah, in your they're division, no, in up my division. Points. Yeah, she's got Mahomes, so any given week, is uh, he could put up a 40-burger. They also have Mike Evans, who may not may or may not play football anymore. <laughs> may or may not exist. I'm rooting for you, though, because uh, I'm tied with her right now in my division. Yeah, I'll try. We'll see what we can do. Great, thanks. No and pressure. that's that's everything on the agenda. Um, I feel like we went a little bit long. Does anyone have any other final thoughts? Quintus Cephas moonlights as a as a Star Wars as a Jedi. <laughs> Football right. player by day, Jedi at night, Jedi by night. Also has beef on Matt. <laughs> I don't have him anymore. I know, but you did. <laughs> I know I did because I kept him way longer than you should have. <laughs> he definitely no. did. Because <laughs> you dropped Marvin Jones, who I picked up. I was like, but he still has Quintus Cephas. That was know. incredible. That was my favorite thing that happened. Until uh, I'm glad, I'm glad my, my plight of trades has been the beta, has been you know, <laughs> your light of, of Look, I thrive on misery because I'm not a good person. So. I know you do. So that's well, you know what they I, say. I misery misery loves company. Yeah, I, I, I root for teams that don't win. So. So, I, so I live I live for misery. Well, I'm glad that I can make your life a little bit brighter. Just wanted to get one more joke in there. Quintus Cephas was on Matt's roster until Order 66 happened. That's when he finally dropped him when he died. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't know anything about Star Wars. I don't get the reference. Really? You seem like a Star Wars type. No, player. I'm definitely I not. I, I'm trying I, to I, figure I, out how this makes sense, Mike. Like, I get the reference. I understand it. But like, because all the Jedi died in Order sixty six. Oh, spoiler! Spoiler warning. No, no, that's why I get the <laughs> reference. But I don't know how that pertained to when I dropped them. It's not like I had scored sixty six points or anything like that. So I'm trying to figure out. Well, no, because I don't think your team has scored that many yet this year. <laughs> No, I scored a, a whopping 90 this past week. Oh, well, excuse me. So, yeah, I'm a little bit better than 66. All right. I'll probably cut that from the show then. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, <laughs> thank you, Sario, for joining us. I hope we haven't yeah. been too embarrassing for you. This is a no, lot of fun. I think, it went, I think it went great. Thanks for adding some smarts to this podcast. I'll come back anytime. If you'll have me. If I get all Excellent. these picks wrong, though, I'll join Nick on the bench. <laughs> Just wait in the wings. But yeah, all it's right. been fun. So with that all said, let's uh, make sure I don't screw this up. Let's enjoy week 10. <laughs> and uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Good luck, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.